on my gravestone it will say he watched more <laughs> Kickboxer than the people that made Kickboxer. I don't want my cheese puffs to get moldy and, and old and stay. <laughs> oh, I've moved Man. on to my, my little gummy snacks now. Uh, I'm glad my concept has grasped so. <laughs> the hair is long and curly in this movie. Along with some good special effects, I might add. Hello everyone, welcome to Movie Freaks. If the eye of the tiger is the thrill of the fight and the rising up of the challenge, then this show is the tiger's taint. I'm Eric Marner. <laughs> and I'm Eugene Weaver. And I'm Jess Hicks. Yay! She has Yay. returned. I came back. <laughs> uh, two in a row, that's amazing. <laughs> welcome back, it's great to have you back. Thank um, you very much. You were a smash hit with all of our listeners. Uh, and I'm sure you will be again tonight, and we have a massive show, uh, as always, but it's going to be a little lighter, maybe, because I've got some more loosey-goosey kind of topics for us to talk about. We're taking a little holiday kind of yes. break. That's right, that's right. <laughs> um, uh, before we get into the segments, I want to start off with a correction. Last episode, we were talking, we got we derailed a little bit into some westerns, and I was talking about John Wayne, and... Oh, Stagecoach, or uh, The Searchers. Oh, it was so boring. I couldn't get through one minute of it. No, The Searchers was not the movie I meant. I went and looked it up. I was like, no, I have not seen that one. That one actually looks good. I was talking about Stagecoach. Ah. Uh, so, yeah, that was the one that I was like, meh, on and fall asleep instantly. So, sorry, John Ford. I know you are beloved, but I still struggle with you. Um, and there goes any credibility I have right out the window. Only on our Western fans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I haven't fans. seen the movie, Jess. Have you seen that movie? I have never seen that movie. I've never seen The Searchers either. Yeah. Yep. Both are heralded as amazing classics, so I guess we need to get I'm not well-versed in Western. I've only recently kind of got Western. Spaghetti Western, yes, but yeah. American Western, uh... <laughs> yeah. I agree. Well... Uh, maybe at some time we'll do a Western roulette. But until All that right. time, <laughs> we just got our first uh, try roulette here, actually. Hold on. A little unprepared. Uh, what we did this time is all of us threw in three picks, and we're going to pick from each other's list, but I had to figure out who goes first. So I went down into my dungeon of Magic the Gathering, was like, I have a three-sided die, and dug around, and no, I don't. It's gone. So oh. we have one boring, regular old die that we'll figure out who's going to go first. Uh, I'll be one and two, Eugene uh, three and four, and Jess five and six. Okay. And it is Jess. She will get to pick first. But before we get into actually picking the movies, uh, tell us the three that you threw into the pot and what attracted uh, you to that film. Who, me? Yeah, sure. You can, <laughs> oh, <yeah. okay. laughs> we'll do that first. Get all. We'll, we'll talk about all of the picks that we threw in, and then we will pick. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I was also a little unprepared. I kind of forgot what I told you earlier, so I had to go back and find it. But I just found it, so we're good. <laughs> um, I picked uh, The Brainiac from 1962, which kind of just caught my interest because it's a classic 60s creature feature, kind of mad scientist-y looking thing. And it's in black and white, and it just looked really, really fun. And I thought that it would be something that might be a little bit different. Mm -hmm. than uh, what we usually watch. Mm -hmm. um, I then picked Doomsdays, which seems to be a buddy comedy set at the end of the world with these two guys trying to figure out what to do in the apocalypse. I 
couldn't tell exactly. Like, I kind of just picked it because I wanted to see how bad it might be. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't actually want to watch it, so I'm going to make one of you choose. <laughs> all right. That's a roulette. <laughs> that is what the roulette is all about. Yep. And then I, uh, my last one is Pernicious, I believe I'm saying that correctly. Mm-hmm. And I quite honestly picked this because it's been sitting in my queue forever. And I, I want somebody else to watch it and tell me because I, I, it's been shoved at me from various facets and I've kind of just been avoiding it on principle now. <laughs> but I also kind of want to know what it's like. Yeah, you are. You already are are getting the hang of roulette. Yeah, because uh, that's what we do. That is literally that is what our roulette is. So I'm playing the game correctly then. Okay, yes, you good. are. It's forcing each other to clean off each other's garbage from the queue. Yes, perfect. In the hopes that we find that yes. ge- that gem. I always have to. I forget to mention that it's in the hopes that we find those those little scene gems. Uh, Eugene, run down yours. Okay. Uh, first up, I had a movie called Naked Among Wolves. And uh, this was from 2015, and it's a uh, about a concentration camp. Um, uh, there is a, it's discovered that there is a uh, a Jewish infant that got smuggled into the camp, and so it. I really like uh, anything and everything that deals with World War II and the Holocaust, and so I thought that sounded very interesting. Um, next up uh, from my list, uh, I ha- originally I had Christy, and the, one of the reasons I put that on the list, um, unfortunately, Jess, you've already seen it, but that movie is, I guess, it's set over Thanksgiving. It is yeah, indeed. I, I saw that. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, well, that's going to go because I that has been on the roulette before, so I'm like, ah, it's going to stay on the on the on the list. Um, okay, next up is um, uh, this is an interesting one. We'll see if anybody picks this. It's called White Rabbit. Eric, have you heard of this? Uh, yes, I, I think you threw it at me before, and you've mentioned it uh, before, and I don't, I don't remember us having. I mean, were we having a big conversation about it, or? Oh, uh, this is just the one that the one that I constantly throw your way, and you you never take it. <laughs> oh, I thought it was that. Oh, that that one with the uh, the religious missionary. Oh, well, oh, that one's that one's not done yet. Uh, not not on this episode, but it it shall rear its ugly head again. <laughs> yeah, White Rabbit. Well, that was one with bullies or something. Yeah, bullies Kid, in school. Kids once again. Yeah, kids. Yeah. Okay. And Eugene then, likes me to watch horror movies with teenagers. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, and then the last one is another recurring uh, roulette one, and that's Bound to Vengeance. A uh, young girl chained to in the basement of a sexual predator escapes and turns the tables on her captor. So, those are my three choices. All right, and the three that I threw in were, uh, first up was Dark Star, H.R. Giger's World. Uh, if you have any familiarity with that artist or alien, um, mm-hmm. you should know who that is. Uh, so I threw that one on there for the documentary, because uh, I always got to have a documentary in there for some reason. Uh, next was Mavius Sang, I'm probably saying that wrong, from 1986. In the near future, Paris is devastated by a new AIDS-like disease that infects people who have sex without being in love. Now, that sounds really kind of cool and weird. The only flag would be, it's a French movie, and uh, Leo Carax, who's a weird filmmaker, but that makes it a roulette. Um, (laughs) Because it's French? (laughs) No, not strictly because it's French, because it's French and has a strange synopsis. That means, so it could be... Really annoying and very slow and pretentious. You never. Have you seen Delicatessen? Yes, that was from the guy that made Alien Resurrection. 
Yes. Yes. I, yes, yeah. I have seen that. I do enjoy that French yeah. bizarre film, but yeah. I can see where you're going with that. <laughs> yes, it, that, those can be hit or miss. Right. Um, and lastly, I put on there Super, which was from uh, the director of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, that's uh, Rain Wilson is in that one, correct? Yeah, he, uh, he's in it, but what's the director's name? I can't remember right off the top of my head here. James Gunn? There you go, James yeah. Gunn. Yeah, I listened to uh, some interviews with him uh, talking about how that movie got made and the whole process behind that. It was like, you know, I came across it on Netflix. I, that needs, I need to see that because there's another director that I like to support. Yeah. Uh, especially for how... It, in the interview, he was saying some things that reminded me of the conversation we were having about people uh, or artists we uh, appreciate but don't necessarily care for their films. And right. he's from the school of trauma, and trauma definitely falls in that category of, I root for you really hard, and your movie's ninety nine percent blow. Um, <laughs> but I really yeah, like root, much. root for Lloyd Kaufman. I love uh, that strange little man and everything that he does. Uh, so that's yeah. Anyway, long roundabout way of putting Super on the list. Okay. So, uh, Jess, you get to go first. Uh, you can pick from. I, I I would just say we don't pick from our own list. What yeah, do you guys I agree. Say? That okay. works. Yeah. Um, uh, go ahead. You get the first pick. So I'm going to choose Moiva Sang. Avi said. Nice. I'm going to take the weird French movie. <laughs> awesome. Because <laughs> I re- when I read the synopsis, I was like, yeah, that I I think I need to see that. And, and it has Juliette Binoche and uh, and Julie, Julie Delphi, Delphi in it. Yeah. 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 So I will I will take that one. Awesome. Um, okay, I guess I'm next in line. I am going to take the Brainiac. All right. And I'm I, glad I, you took that. I, I, it's just weird enough that I, and I love that cover. It's, that's so I good. Know. <laughs> and it's old enough that that cover wasn't made to deceive people the way new covers are. Right. Yeah. It's Tran- like, no, no, this is what we want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anything and everything asylum. Yes. <laughs> Um, well, you actually took the one that I was gonna. I was gonna take. I was gonna take Brainiac. So um, uh, next up, we'll. I'll. I'll jump on the uh, the James Gunn movie, uh, Super. Okay. Well, right. now here's another thing. I guess since we picked from, uh, I don't know. Should you get to pick from your own if you're the last to pick? Should that be a perk of going last? Uh. Hmm. That's up uh, to you guys. No, no, nah, I don't. I, I like this. Nah, I just, yeah. okay. let's just do it this way. Okay, so Eugene, you're taking what super? Yeah. Okay. I didn't hear much about that movie. I, did it even get a theatrical release? I mean, I know, I know, Slither did, but it I didn't don't think do so. I think it was very, very limited when it came out. Yeah, I agree, and I've heard good things about it. I mean, people are like, "Are you going to make a sequel?" And he's like, "No, hmm. <laughs> I like it the way it is. I wrote it as one, <laughs> uh, one movie." And good for him for doing that. Yeah, agreed. Okay, well, next episode, it will be The Brainiac, Mavia Sang, and Super. So Now, we haven't discussed um, last week's roulette picks. You're right. Uh, <laughs> this is, hey, hey, we're diving into a new, a new end of the pool here, so uh, yeah. it's going to take some time to <laughs> get back in the rhythm. Um, yes, yes, uh, all this mayhem soaked in bleach and the wolf pack. Who wants to go first? Um, I'll I just, go first. That's I was fine. Say, let's, let's let Jess go first. Okay. The Wolf Pack. All right, yes. Yeah, so I chose the Wolf Pack, which I chose because I we had it at the nightlight before I was working at the nightlight, and I never got a chance to get there to see it. 
Um, and just to rehash, it is a documentary about this group of boys, um, group of brothers that have lived their entire lives in one apartment in New York City with their parents because their parents, um, one is very deeply religious and is very concerned with the outside world and thinks that New York City is just vile and no, and they shouldn't uh, be a part of it. So, um, basically the documentary picks up shortly after one of them decides they're going to go out regardless of what their father thinks. And it's sort of what how they are, but the thing is, is they were raised on movies. So everything they do, they, they do reenactments of Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, they're big Tarantino fans. And so part of the movie is just watching them doing these reenactments of these movies, and it is the weirdest thing <laughs> to watch. Like, I was sitting there, and I was watching it, and I think I sent Eugene, like, a weird... Uh-huh. <laughs> you did. A picture that just said, what the fuck am I watching? Because it was, this family is just absolutely insane to keep these kids, and they're all um, named kind of after uh, different gods. Like, well, uh, one of them is named Vishnu. Oh, that's um, an Indian uh, god. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they're all named after Indian gods and goddesses. Um, and the brothers, like, they go out, when they go out now, because they do, um, they just, they walk together, they, that's why they're called the Wolf Pack, and it's weird because you're listening to them talk, and you realize that the only kind of way they've learned language other than talking with their parents is by watching movies, so they talk in a way that it is like a movie, they don't have the weird, like, interjection, interjections or, um, you know, speech issues that you have in normal everyday conversation because they talk like a movie. And it's it's really weird to listen to that happen. I watched about the first half an hour of this movie, and I was, uh, it's so it's almost terrifyingly bizarre. Uh, yeah, how they're all it, it kind of really, kept really together is. in that one place, and they're they're showing shots out the window. Of, there's New York right outside the door, and they all just live in this tiny apartment. Mm-hmm. And, oh, it's it was unsettling to say the it, least. I would, yes, I would agree. So I would give this a big thumbs up. I would definitely recommend it. It is one of the weirdest stories I've heard. And I don't understand, like, they don't go into, like, the legal issues that must have come about. Because they would have to, you would think. But they don't. They don't go into it at all. Like, they don't even talk about the legal problems. They just talk about the boys and their lives and things like that. So I kind of want to do more research after it now and find out what happened legally wise with them. Now, Jess, one one thing um, I'm not sure if we explained this to you, but or did we, Eric? Uh, the far as far as with roulette, like there's thumbs down, there's thumbs up, and then there's gems in the rough. Did we discuss that with you? A little bit, yeah. Uh, okay. Gems in the rough. Well, we were gems. talking about, uh, yeah, thumbs up, thumbs down, passable, not for me, that kind of thing, and then right. the vaunted gem in the rough, which is like, absolute must see. Yeah, like this has got to be. This has to be seen. I would say that that's that. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, like, it's it's a weird, like, I'm not saying it's the best put-together documentary I've ever seen in my life, but the story itself is is just bizarre and interesting enough that it doesn't really even matter. Like, I just want I like, I, I, I was watching it, and I was thinking, I d- kind of don't want to watch this anymore because I feel bad, but mm-hmm. I still need to know what's happening and what's going on, and it was it was just... Because it's a documentary and it's real makes it all that more, you know, yeah. more interesting. Yeah. And I just, I watched the whole thing and it was, it was 
weird, and I just it, I can't understand how that even happened like, in my mind. <laughs> well, I like that her first roulette pick was a gem in the rough. You have so much crap ahead of you. Oh, I know, man. I do. <laughs> there are many Asylum movies in your future. <laughs> oh, don't worry. There, there was a lot of crap before I got on this show. I just didn't talk about it. <laughs> well, now you can let it out. Don't worry. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, okay, uh, anything else for the Wolfpack? Nope, I, I think that's good. I think you all need to watch it. It's on Netflix streaming. I will. I, I only stopped because it was late. I had to go to bed. Uh, yeah. But I was enjoying it. It was like, oh, I'll definitely be finishing this one. Uh, okay, I'll go next. Uh, All This Mayhem is about the Ben and Tas Pappas, uh, Australian brothers, uh, who came up into professional skateboarding and then fell into drug abuse and self-destruction, as the synopsis says. Um, this, I, I loved this documentary. I, well, it's hard to say loved because it's so, I mean, I was oh, it's so sad. I, I was tearing up during this movie, but it's because I have a bit of a personal connection with this. The time frame with these guys coming up in skateboarding world is the same time frame that I was skateboarding and paying attention to all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so I remember when the Pappas brothers came on the scene and then kind of just vanished, but that's kind of the way it works with skateboarding. Some guys will get real big for a few years and then they're kind of gone. Um, except for a few legends. You know, everybody gets a little older and they can't do it anymore. I just never heard any of the stories of why they weren't really on the scene anymore. Mm -hmm. And this goes in-depth about why and the, just their life. Mm -hmm. And it was it was, it was was tough, man. Especially that third act. Wow, man. I, I, I recommend everybody see this movie, but only people that our skateboarders are caught up in that are, are going to probably be as affected by it as I was. Um, and maybe, maybe I'm totally off on that, but it was just, I don't know. They walked through, uh, where skateboarding went from the, you know, early eighties through the mid nineties. And it was like, I remember that. I remember that they're showing clips from these movies. And it's like, I remember that. I remember when that movie came out. I remember mm -hmm. when that documentary came out, you know, um, and you probably wouldn't have any connection with that unless you were in that, uh, scene too does that make any sense yeah um, yeah i mean it seems like you have i mean it seems like something that you're very personally connected to and it yeah. is something that's like like i i the one time i was ever on a skateboard in my life i was probably like eight and i fell off it and i was like nope that's it and i was never on one again so i mean like i would not be personally connected to that i mean i, I i'm sure that it's a very good documentary and we would all just very much appreciate the story and probably also be moved because it's a personal story, but for you, it's just more personal. Yeah, it is more personal, but the, the plot that's going on with these guys, it it gets so heavy, and I, I think that even on a human level, you would appreciate what's going on here. Right. It's just that I connected more to it because I associated it with my, yeah. yeah like no. nostalgia so, factor, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So is this another gem in the rough, then? Oh, uh, for me it least... is. For me, wow. it is this. This would be up there with documentaries. I, I uh, was thinking of the uh, the Stacy Peralta surfing one. Um, that's and one of probably my top three documentaries ever, and I've never surfed in my life. Endless uh, summer? No, um, not endless summer. Um, the one where they're riding big waves. Yeah, I've I've seen that one. It's fantastic. Yeah. And I yeah, you're right. I have I've never surfed a day in my life, and that was great. That but that was one where it just was covering the whole sport. So you. Anybody could kind of connect with it, even if you are not a, uh, a surfer. 
Yeah. Um, but this one is more focused on these brothers and the stuff that they were dealing with. It, I highly recommend you guys check it out because it's if you want to know anything about me, there you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but that was yeah. It's 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 hard for, again. I'm so terrible at describing great movies, uh, stuff that I really enjoy. Um, but I definitely sent out a couple of memos on Facebook to some old skater friends I had and was like, you guys got to watch this. Because um, I never knew what happened to the Pappas brothers. They just kind of were gone. Um, they were there and then they were like, poof. And mm. it's it's not like, I mean, when, when you say they get caught up in drugs and then uh, their own self-destruction, you, you, you form, uh, if you've watched enough documentaries, you form that thing in your mind where it's like, okay, it's going to go like this and this yeah. and then redemption. Right. It's worse than you could possibly imagine. And I recommend you check it out. I don't want to give away what it was, but my jaw was on the floor. May I ask, um, are they still alive? Or should we just watch the documentary? <laughs> uh, to, uh, one of them is. Okay. okay. Um, and the other one, it don't go the way you think it's going to go. At all. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. But lots of lot, everybody's being have to com- check that out. completely honest. I mean, there's lots of straight up. Inter- most of the movie is the one brother. Oh boy! Okay, it, it's it's brutal, but it's great. <laughs> so, nice. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that was a very emotional watch for me this week. But I I was totally absorbed, and I think that you would too because it's a very well constructed documentary, even with the skateboarding stuff aside. So yeah. Uh, check that one out and let me know what you think and tell me if I'm way off base. Eugene, soaked in bleach, please. Okay, so well, after kind of the very heavy, depressing stuff that you guys watched, I watched the <laughs> uplifting Soaked in Bleach, which deals with the death of Kurt Cobain. Yay! Uh, <laughs> happy um, times. Yay! Uh, Tom Grant, private investigator, once hired by Courtney Love, reveals his take on the death of Kurt Cobain. Um, so right off the bat, uh, the movie starts and we have a reenactment scene, and that's this is no spoiler or anything. Uh, we all know essentially what what right. kind of happened, uh, but immediately I was taken out of the movie until I kind of got the the feel for okay, we're going to have reenactments here, and the Courtney Love character immediately you hate her in this documentary. Um, after the first opening scene, I was like, okay, I'm, now I know what to expect. And then we, we jump cut to actual interviews, and then we go back to reenactments. Um, and by the end, uh, I actually watched the first half alone, and then my wife came into the room, and uh, she started watching it too. And by the end, we're like, oh, man, what? I mean, this is crazy. Uh, and she's not a big Nirvana fan. I am. I, I, this is one of the most influential bands in my late teen, early twenties. Uh, so, and it, I, I knew kind of what happened, but to hear from this private investigator, like, no, this is really what went down. Um, and I'm not sure where you guys stand with, you know, conspiracy (laughs) Uh, type things, but let me tell you what, (laughs) this does not paint even the slightest pretty picture of Courtney Love at all. Uh, very shady goings ons with Mm -hmm. everything involved, involving his death. I somewhere have a VHS tape that I taped uh, television, broadcast television, of an Unsolved Mysteries episode about Mm. this exact thing with that private Mm. investigator. So I'm pretty familiar with this material. And I've read several several books uh, about the conspiracy and behind all that stuff. 
Yeah. Um, so I'm pretty up on all that. Uh, I can imagine what this, oh, <laughs> what is being oh. said in this thing. It's uh, it's crazy. I didn't, I didn't know. I, I didn't realize. Um, I mean, I, I thought that you know, no, she probably drove him to kill himself. No, no, no. I mean, taking it like at face value, this documentary is this was no suicide at all. No, and that's what like a murder. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oof. Yes. I could get into some of the details right off the top of my head, and I haven't watched that thing in 15 years. Um, but there was some damning evidence in, the, oh, in yes. his reports that were like, what? I'm not saying that blatantly, from what I saw in this other thing, not not that that didn't blatantly point it at Courtney Love or anybody, just that it was mm-hmm. not a suicide being mm-hmm. the end conspiracy. Yeah, so it was big, big, big thumbs up. This is really good, especially like... Um, Jess, I'm not sure how big of a fan of Nirvana you are, but Eric, you you gotta watch it. Oh, I will. Yeah, I uh, I'm a fan. I I am a fan, and I watched that like I, I mentioned last episode. I watched Montage of Heck recently, mm-hmm. um, which I think is probably just much more of a straightforward documentary rather than focusing on like the the theories behind what yeah. happened. So like I had always roughly knew like that that there was a conspiracy that um. It was a murder that she had him killed, or that she killed him herself, or that, that something like that. But I never really got that into it. Um, I enjoy Nirvana. I, I like listening to them, but I I I wasn't the age that would have been yeah really really into them at the time. So I kind of missed out. It's all kind of like more like oh yeah that happened while I was alive, but not like I wasn't paying attention to yeah. it. What's what's crazy? One of the main things I took away from this movie was uh, they they touch on the fact that there were a lot, uh, at least sixty four documented suicides from uh, from fans of Nirvana after this happened, and th- the documentary pretty much they were like the blood is on your hands. Whoever this is not a suicide. This was a murder, and because mm-hmm. of this murder, other people killed themselves because of this, and it's just crazy. Um, and I, you know, I liked uh, one of Courtney Love's albums, but I mean, I, I really, really can't stand her. Uh, I can't either. <laughs> Watching Montage of Heck, I was like, I, God, I, I just want to hit her. I yeah. <laughs> yep. So, anyway, but they, good movie. Uh, very, very good movie. So, I'm, I'm impressed. Three big thumbs up for uh, Doctor. Yeah, Moses. we we had a good week. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are all positive, and I'm over here either realist or negative going, oh, we are so screwed next round. <laughs> next round's really, really yeah. good. This is, this is going to be interesting. Yeah. What did we choose again? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can we, can we pick again? <laughs> I think okay. I'm pretty safe. I'm, I think I'm pretty safe with the James Gunn movie. Um, cause, Probably. Yeah. Yeah. And I have high expectations for this French movie. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> oh, we shall yeah. see. <laughs> And Brainiac, what do you think? <laughs> I think it's an hour and 15 minutes, so I'm, yes. I'm very happy with that. <laughs> yes. So it's already got about a half thumbs up. <laughs> yes. It's yeah. already a pass. Yeah, at, at the very least you can say, it was short, you know. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not scarred for life. Yes. Okay. With that, let's move on to uh, the next segment, which I was just vaguely texting you guys about, hey, Thanksgiving movies, that's a thing. Uh, mm-hmm. But... Barely. Uh, and so I want to yeah. put a couple of questions to you guys. I know that, uh, for, you know, what's your favorite Thanksgiving movie? I'm sure everybody's going to throw out their planes, trains, and automobiles. And I know everybody on Facebook has. I put the question out. That's what everybody has been saying. And, and that is my 
uh, top number one, but it's one of the very few that uh, where Thanksgiving is the theme. It, it is the mm-hmm. central core of it. There's plenty of movies out there where it's, at some point they're sitting around Thanksgiving dinner, and maybe they're yeah, having it's a just hurt... happening around. Yeah, it's them. just happening. But there are so few where it's like Thanksgiving. You know, is, is the is the core of it, and so. Uh, my question to you guys is, one, why? And two, uh, <laughs> why have we not got a, a couple of serious horror movies? I mean, I know there's like Thanksgiving and the one trauma one, I guess, Turkeys Are Rising Up or something. But Poultry guys. Yeah. <laughs> but how is this the one holiday that has escaped being exploited by the horror genre? I mean, every other one does. There's probably a Canadian Boxing Day movie that's where some serial killer is <laughs> killing somebody. Um, I don't know. I'd like I mean, to see Eli Roth's uh, Thanksgiving, or I'd like to see that trailer get made into a movie. Yeah, everybody has been talking about that for. But how many years ago was that? Yeah, that's that's uh, been out forever. It's is yeah. it that hard to get that movie? There's plenty of crappy horror movies coming out all the time that look like they cost tens of dollars. <laughs> I, there's no way that he needs that much money for a Thanksgiving horror movie. Yeah. He doesn't need it, but maybe he wants that. <laughs> There's an April Fool's Day movie, horror movie. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. From the 80s. <laughs> yeah. We but now, but, but Eli Rothstein in, in, in it for the money game now, though, partially. So. He is? Is that just personal opinion, or are you just... I've, I mean, and, well, I will say this partly biased, but I will also say that I, like, some people that I know have met him and he seems that he's frugal, but I don't know that that is true. But his personality, like when that whole Scream Factory thing went down, did you guys know about that? Mm-mm. When no. they invited Eli Roth out to Scream Factory and they gave him like every Blu-ray and everything that they've ever released. And then like he was posting pictures of it online, like, look at all this awesome free stuff they gave me. Yes, I do remember that now. That, yes. that kind of skewed my opinion more on his kind of being like kind of in it for yeah like oh yeah i'll take all this free stuff cool thanks <laughs> and i'm not saying that he should have like you know said no thank you scream factory because i mean it is scream factory but i don't think you need to be that blatant don't, about don't it flaunt it right uh, to the rest of us poor schlubs who don't get to make movies or are paying 40 bucks a pop for your Scream Factory special edition slipcover. Precisely, exactly. And that was kind of the way that I felt and that a lot of people felt about it, and that kind of, like, just cemented my my distaste (laughs) for Eli Roth. Fair enough. I can't can't argue with that. Yeah. No, I do remember that now. And there was some, like, come on, guy. It's like, great. Like, really? Yeah, thanks. You're making movies and you're getting stacks of free Blu-rays. All right. That's the way it goes, though. Once you're rich and in the club, then they give you the free shit. Yeah. That's why you stay rich because you don't have to spend money. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Won't bend over for a penny. Uh, but so, as far as why Thanksgiving, I have no idea why it's not the go-to holiday. Maybe the original atrocity of Thanksgiving was a uh, horror enough, where they're just like, "Oh, <laughs> hi, uh, we have come here seeking uh, yes. asylum from rel- religious persecution, and we're going to slaughter all the Indians and yay turkeys." Yes. We could have like a really kick-ass like uh, Indian. Native American yes. zombies come back and wreak havoc well, now that on the white man. Into my next thought, uh, pitch me a Thanksgiving movie. <laughs> that uh-huh. would be perfect. Done. Mm-hmm. I win. Send mm-hmm. me my are money. They, are the zombies coming? Uh, Indian zombies coming up against the pilgrims, or is this later? 
Have they just I been... don't know. Maybe we could work it into like a like a two story in one movie where we're telling a story in a flashback too. Mm. Where it's like, it's, I mean, you already have the ancient Indian burial ground set up. America, like, that's a thing. America, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the whole thing is an yes. ancient Indian burial ground. We keep wondering why bad shit happens here. It's, so it's... it could happen like at multiple yes. spots, like in the country, like maybe some stars align and shit, and <laughs> maybe, and then they come back and for like and one night they can wreak havoc on it's like a fog situation where they yeah. can like wreak havoc on the founding fathers well on top of that on top of that we could even go one further with that storyline and we could have an anthology type movie where yes. there's bad shit going on different uh because of different things that happened back in the uh, exactly back in, yeah Hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, on the night when the most turkeys in history have been slaughtered for the Thanksgiving feast that is to come by uh, Americans, that is when <laughs> the Indian dead will rise. Yes. Yeah. But e- Yeah. Yeah. But we just wrote a movie. Yes. <laughs> I, I would watch the shit out of that movie. Oh, me too. Me too. That's great. Yeah. What's it called? Oh, see, oh, thanks, ki- thanks killing, killing. Why thanks was killing that taken already? Thanks killing is the ultimate. Oh. Because I'm sure that movie sucks. It has to. There's no <laughs> well, that, way. You, you know why you say that? Because it's called Thanks Killing. Yes, the, t- the title's too cheesy. We need a Silent Night, Deadly Night, uh, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Mm. Like the, it would just be like the curse of the Cherokee or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> oh, we got to think about that now. Um, I know we need something better than that. Feast, something feast maybe. Oh, I see. Feast was already taken, but something with feast in it or Feast um, of the Dead. Mm. Yes, something that's of the a good dead. one. Feast yeah. of the Dead. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Well, we'll keep thinking about it. By yeah. the next show, we'll have the script. <laughs> yes, yes. Or the listeners can tell us what would you name that movie? Indian yes. Zombie. Indian Zombie Apocalypse. <laughs> Whoever has the best one will follow you on Twitter. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's. Uh, we still have plenty of time. Um, anything else to add for Thanksgiving movies? I, there isn't a whole lot to talk about. I'm, I'm still just kind of perplexed that there aren't more. I guess there's probably some uh, heartfelt Lifetime original kind of yeah. nonsense in there. Yeah, list. there's all that crap. But I did go- when I was looking at this. I was looking up this this uh, thing. I was googling Thanksgiving themed movies, and I had forgotten because I haven't seen it in forever. That Eyes Without a Face is set on or around Thanksgiving because it popped it really? up. I've never thanks- seen that movie. Yeah, I have. Hmm. Uh, I I can let you borrow that next. Um, Ooh, but right. it is very, 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 very good. But I had totally forgot that that. So I think it was kind of like a minor, like it's set around Thanksgiving yeah. or Thanksgiving happens yeah. or something yeah. in the middle of it. Yeah, and but, there's, there's plenty of those where it's just, everybody's sitting down to carve. The- perfect golden turkey whatever but yeah. I, i'm surprised right again uh national lampoons they haven't there's a holiday they haven't done yeah i think they yeah. might have and maybe like one of their direct-to-video crap oh, but so nobody saw it yeah. <laughs> right exactly <laughs> wow now i i do have a couple here uh, charlie brown thanksgiving grant that's well, a short one yeah oh, that one good pull yeah um and grumpy old men is that um, a thanksgiving well, one I believe the first one was a Thanksgiving. It was snowy out, but I believe that was Thanksgiving. Yes, cool. Um, and then for me, and this one here, I it the initial setup is Thanksgiving, but it, again, like what we've been saying, it's not a Thanksgiving movie. But that would be uh, Prisoners, which is one of, if not my favorite movie. Oh yeah, two thousand. What was it? Thirteen or fourteen? Um, but that one there was 
the initial setup was Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so. when they get taken. Yeah. That's um, a really, really good movie. I love that movie. That's the guy that's making the Blade Runner sequel, too, isn't it? Oh, is it? Is I that him? So. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. He made Sicario, right? He did Sicario, yes. yeah. Yeah. Uh, he did another one with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, the one where he's... Uh, Enemy. Enemy, yeah. yes. Yeah. I, Crazy movie. I haven't seen Sicario yet, but that from everything I heard, that sounds like a... Like, he's batting three for three for me. Uh, so giving yeah. him Blade Runner, I'm like, hell yeah, that guy has style. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, our friend over at uh, Cinema Sidekick, Steve Miller, he saw Sicario and loved it. So I'm I'm looking forward to watching that. That trailer looks so badass. Yeah, it does. That's a, oh, yeah. come to the Dollar Theater sometime. Yep. Hey, now, Jess, um, tell <laughs> us a little bit about Christy, that movie, because uh, that is... Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if, if we throw one on the roulette that you've seen, then you have to give us a review of that. Yeah, because that is All Thanksgiving-based, right? right? Yes, it it is set on or it is set over a Thanksgiving break at a college campus. Um, this girl is on a work study and she can't afford to go back home, so she stays back on campus by herself um, for the holiday break. And uh, while she's there, there has been a rash of um, killings of, of young women of like college age, whatever. Um, by these, by this gang of people that would carve a K into their face, and they would call uh, their victims were called Christies. So, as you can probably guess, she's hanging back at campus by herself. Um, and, and her these name people... is Christy. No, her name okay. is not. Her... The none of the girls are. That's just what the the crazy people call them. Okay. No, I. I... Her name is Justine. I got you. I got you. I just thought if her name is Christy, then I'm throwing this movie out the window right away because you're <laughs> stupid. <laughs> For staying on campus where they're killing Christie's. Okay. Like a Heather's situation. <laughs> no, no, no. They, it can be anybody. They just call them Christie's. Gotcha. So um, somebody is really pissed off at an ex-girlfriend. Yeah, basically. But it's like these three guys are kind of like the like enforcers, and but they, they're led by this like crazy woman. Um, but, I mean, you're, it's your standard um, setup for like a slasher, but it's it's fun, though. It's good, and it's... I really enjoyed, um, I don't remember what her name is, but whoever pay, played the uh, lead ki- girl, Justine, not Christy, <laughs> is, um, I really enjoyed her because she's, I mean, she's your only character that you're stuck with for the entire time, pretty much, which can either really, really break a movie or, or make a movie, because mm-hmm. if you're stuck with somebody who's awful for 40, for an hour and 20 minutes or so, that's, that it's just an excruciating experience. Haley Bennett. Yeah, I'm looking here on IMDb. She was in the Equalizer. Yeah. Um, so. But I didn't see. I didn't see that. But um, yeah, I think she's fairly new. I mean, mm. this is very much your straight to kind of VOD. Um, there's nothing too groundbreaking uh, involved in it or anything like that. Like I said, it's pretty much your standard stretcher slasher, except it's basically cutting out all of the like body count and just leaving it like your final girl versus. You're bad guys. Like that's basically the movie you're watching. So a, a decent Netflix watch is what it's exactly. Like. Yep. And I was watching it the other night when it was really really windy around here, and it was like the whole movie's kind of looks a little Ohioish. It's very like foggy and that's you know just green grass and or brown and grass and dead trees, and it just kind of looks like you're anywhere campus, mm-hmm. which could easily be Ohio. Yeah. And I was watching it, and it was, you know, it was raining, and it was kind of a weird day in November anyway, because it, we're not used to it being that warm. 
and it it kind of added to the experience for me. So that might have that might have skewed my my liking for it a little more, but I had fun with it. That's okay. That sounds like a, a, a reasonable Netflix watch, anyway. Right? Yep. Yeah, I would say that you should watch if you like horror movies. If you if you like standard slasher movies, I would say give it a chance for sure. Yep, that'll stay on my list then. And we'll wait to hear back from Eugene. And to yes. see if, I, if it passes <laughs> yeah, both, yeah. both your tests, then I'll watch it. I think that's a fair judgment. Yeah. <laughs> After the horror-thon, I've been horrored out for a bit. Not that I'm, yeah. I don't know, not that I'm sick of horror. It's just so many other genres to explore. So little time. Yeah, yeah. me too. Oh, wait, no, no, not at all. Yeah, not, not at all. All yeah. 100% horror, <laughs> horror. Yeah. as we'll find on Recently Watched. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> And that's okay. I, I th- that's totally fine if you can dive on it. I mean, if it, for me it would be, you know, comic book sci-fi stuff, and there just isn't a lot of releases that way. Um, I mean, there's a lot of comic book movie releases, but it's it's not like mm-hmm. horror where it's like, oh, let's watch this low budget version of whatever. <laughs> yeah. See if it's a. There gem. are many knockoffs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, if there's nothing else for Thanksgiving movies, then I guess we'll move, in, move into recently watched. Um. And just since you seem to be going first on everything else this evening, you on the roll, <laughs> I guess you're first up. You All right. Plenty um, of time to mess around with this, too, so take your time. Yeah, I actually don't have a whole lot. I just have a few things. But um, I'll start out with uh, a movie we have at the nightlight right now, which is actually tomorrow night is its last showing. But it's called Coming Home, um, and it's by... A director whose name I cannot pronounce at all, so I'm not even going to try. <laughs> but I will say that he is the director of uh, uh, House of Flying Daggers, so if you're familiar oh. with that movie, you are familiar with his work. And Curse of um, the Golden Something. And Hero. Sure. <laughs> yeah, Yumao Zhang, I think? Yes, sure. that, that sounds yeah. <laughs> familiar. That, I think, is how you would say what I'm looking at right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we had that. Um, that is a, a Chinese drama set during the Cultural Revolution where a man is taken prisoner, political prisoner. Um, he escapes very briefly to try and contact his wife, but he's recaptured and they're away from each other for about 20-ish years. Um, and when he comes back, she has uh, some kind of de- degenerative amnesia. Um, and she does not remember who he is because they've been apart for 20 plus years. So the whole rest of the movie is like their daughter trying to like help them become a couple again or like him trying to get her to remember. Um, I will say that I enjoyed it and that it was a good movie, but I will also say that it is kind of a bummer. <laughs> uh, it's not, it, it doesn't sound very cheery and it's really not, but that's not to say it's not a good movie because not every good movie is, is happy. Yeah, it doesn't happen. Um, it sounds exactly. Like, it sounds like the Notebook, though. It kind of a little bit, but a little, but not quite as sappy and. Any yeah. good martial arts fighting? Probably. Uh no, not really. It's not really that kind of movie. Yeah. It's very much he's taken prisoner and then he's released, and you're then just watching these two, three people interact for about an hour and forty minutes. It is kind of long. I will say that I would have trimmed it back a little. He tends to run a little long. Uh, yeah, but it, it um, was a fair question was... with the martial arts, Eugene. I mean, oh, okay, because I thought they were just yeah. no, no. Even even in like a uh, Curse of the 
Golden Flower, whatever the crap that movie is called. It's a good movie, but it's like it's basically a love story, and then they work in all this martial arts stuff. Along the way. You know, and I think that it's just that expectation from that director because it's like, oh, from the director of Hero and yeah. House yeah. of Flying Daggers. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, this is much more like much more of a drama than okay. any kind of actiony drama. Okay. Cool. That, I I still would kind of check it out because I like it was all good. I enjoyed it. Movies, yeah. Hmm. Cool. Uh, okay, Eugene, you can go ahead and go next. Okay, I have been just so anxious to talk about this movie, and I was going to wait until my last movie, but I'm like, no, I want enough time to talk about this movie and gush about this movie. Oh, please be what I think you're going to be. Um, this is like easily in my top ten already of this year. Um, I can't believe how much I liked this movie. Shit eating grin. The whole way through. Um, followed by laughing. Followed by, oh, that's gross and I love that. And that would be the movie that just let me borrow. Oh. Gravy. Okay. Yeah, I win. No, I, oh, my I still have I yet, win recommendation. It's all right. Week. I still have yet to hear his thoughts on my recommendation. He was, he was loving the first half an hour, but I haven't heard anything back, and that was two weeks ago, so... Um, <laughs> recommendation. Um, Five Elements Ninjas, we talked about a couple oh, of weeks ago. Oh, I, yeah, I watched that. Yeah. yeah. I still okay. haven't heard that review. So okay, um, so uh, well, gravy. Uh, yes. So uh, I'm not sure how much you liked it, Jess, but I I liked loved it a lot. I thought this it was hilarious. Movie. Oh, it was so funny, and the comedy timing. I'm impressed. This is a fairly low budget movie, and when you get into low budget movies, especially comedies, that is really really hard to get right and to work, and the comedy timing. It, this is so funny, and I love, I love all of the actors in it. Uh, it just is very unique and gross, and it is. <laughs> this is a Eugene Weaver movie right here. So if any listeners out there are like, ah, uh, you know, like, oh, if Eugene liked it, then I'm gonna love it. Or if it's like, ah, oh, it's another one of his movies, then you might want to stay away. Uh, <laughs> but it's just so bizarre and. It's so weird. I loved it. I'm like, the whole way through, I'm like, Eric has got... Er- what's, Eric the, has what's, the pl- what's the plot line of this thing? Okay, so um, a, a three different uh, people dressed up in costumes uh, hole up in this Mexican restaurant, which is actually kind of a basement, and uh, they tie up the, the workers there, and they inform them all, that, and this is very quickly in the movie here, this is no spoiler, but they all inform them that we're, we're going to eat you. So, um, yeah. so, um, that's the storyline and it's so funny. Uh, Sarah Silverman's in it, which she's, you know, I, whatever, but she's, she bookends the movie and I, I like her interaction with how she ties into it. Everybody is just bizarre and weird in this movie. Um, but it was so funny. Oh, and this was... I, I wasn't expecting much. Even, I mean, Jess, you said, it's, yeah, this is a funny movie. But I wasn't expecting to like it as much as I did. The comedy no. timing, it was great in this movie. Great. I'm I'm actually... I a, a lot of people will tell you that I'm actually really difficult with comedy. It's really hard for me to find something that I legitimately find funny from, mm. from beginning to end. Um, certain things, I'll be like, that, that's... Uh, kind of funny a couple parts but for me to actually say something is funny and that i laughed at it repeatedly is yeah. i guess saying something 
Now, my type of humor is obviously not the same as everybody's, but it clearly is yours, and I'm glad that you oh. enjoyed this as much as I did and oh, my fiancé oh, Jason is... did because it was – we were cracking up the entire time, and it is fast. It's snappy dialogue. Oh, I mean, yeah. And the, and the I music didn't really that they watch... use? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so good. So oh, these are the, Okay, so these are the same guys that wrote Skinwalkers. Was that any good? I don't think I saw Skinwalkers. Um, to be honest with you, if I did, I don't remember anything about it. So I seem to remember you hating it because it's James yeah. Roday is the guy from Psych. Yeah, they both they both like are writers he... on Psych. It's two writers credit. Yeah, and, and um, they're the actors as well. Mm, cool. No, but I, I didn't really watch too many episodes of that. No. But um, yeah, I it's it was just it's hilarious. This is an easy buy. This is an easy Blu-ray buy for me. Easy. Um, and even like when it started, I'm put like, out okay, by this Scream is... Factory. Yes, put out by Scream Factory. But it starts out, and I'm like, oh, this is like an hour and forty minutes long. I'm like, this is a pretty simple setup. But I was, I was never bored. Um, mm-hmm. It just gets crazier and crazier and bloodier and bloodier. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that was that was good. Yeah, it's fairly unpredictable. Oh um, yeah, as far as killing goes and whatnot. Um, because there were a few deaths that I was like, oh, okay, I didn't, all right, I thought they were going to live, maybe. Because it, it does kind of catch you off guard with how funny it is. Yes, yes. But it also and, takes kind of a serious tone every once in a while. Yeah, especially with the beginning with Sarah Silverman, it's like, oh, this is awkward, like really awkward interaction going on here at this little convenience store with our the lead guy in it, uh, James Roday. And mm-hmm. and then from there it just like okay that this is I'm 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 on board so far and then it gets into the actual storyline and it was it was hilarious and I was actually I wanted to text you Eric um, I wanted to text you that I I was watching it uh, earlier in the evening and I'm like I should be drinking watching this movie <laughs> wow like, I should be having <laughs> I well I. Again, with two kids, it's just hard to find the time. I'm like, I want to make sure that I watch this before the podcast so that I can have uh, a review up for this movie. And the whole way through, I'm like, this is like a late night uh, viewing experience here. So, Eric, you will watch this sometime. I, I'm i going to make sure that you watch hey, this. Hey, maybe I'll get lucky and I'll be on uh, Scream Factory's website or something. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that, that's right. Yeah, by the way, uh, Jess, are you uh, – have you – Subscribed or not? Get not subscribe, but do you? Uh, Are you Scream- aware that uh, ScreamFactoryTV.com they they put up a bunch of their stuff on there for free? Yes, okay. I did know that. Good. It's a nice little streaming app if you don't if you're like just in need of something and you could just get on your computer. It's really nice because they put up all like a majority of their stuff. They yeah. have they have a bunch of mystery science theaters that I've never seen. I pop on there quite often, even for non horror stuff. So I I was recommending it to uh, a buddy of mine who hates horror. I was like, yeah, but you need to go check out this channel. He just got a Roku box, so I was explaining mm-hmm. to him, this is one you still need to add because they have a ton of mystery science theater. Yeah, because they're in conjunction. I mean, Scream Factory is just a sub company of Shout Factory, which Shout Factory puts out a lot more of that just kind of niche stuff like like mystery science theater and they have like the beetlejuice cartoon and stuff out on dvd yeah Yeah. and stuff like that where it's just kind of a bunch of just more weird nostalgic whatever and then scream factories you're just straight horror generally yeah uh okay 
Anything yep. else for nope, that's it. Okay, uh, real quick doubleheader because we've talked about these movies all uh, multiple times. Uh, Punisher War Zone. I picked up the Blu-ray for like two bucks, and it was worth uh, three times that. This movie kicks total ass. I have totally turned around on this movie. I all but hated it the first time I watched it, and then I watched it again, uh, knowing what was coming. And I gotta say, I really, really like this movie, and it is a hard R for a comic book movie. Um, and if you didn't like it the first time, give it another shot. And I have to say, I'm a fan of Lexi Alexander. We disagree on the piracy issue, but uh, <laughs> I still am a fan of her work. Green Street Hooligans is a damn good movie, and I really like this one as well. Okay, uh, next up, Exodus, Gods and Kings. Um, mm. Finally got this one finished up, and I, I have made no bones about being a fan of Ridley Scott, and I gotta say, I, I give this one a thumbs up. Now, it'd be a passing thumbs up. It's not perfect by any stretch. It has issues. It has been fairly whitewashed, as many people have said before me, um, which is weird. I don't understand why they do that, but okay, great. Christian Bale with a tan is supposed to be Egyptian. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of weird, but um, if you can kind of put that a little bit aside, just judge it like movie-wise and plot-wise, mm -hmm. three-fourths of this movie is pretty damn good. But that last fourth, man, that is not good. Um, <laughs> it's and, and the problem is in uh, the, the same problem that the theatrical cut of Kingdom of Heaven had. It moves too fast, and all of a sudden it's cut, 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 Five years, ten years, twenty years, and then it's over. And it's like, mm -hmm. wait a minute, so much shit is happening in here that it just feels chopped to all hell. And I don't know that this one was. Um, honestly, this should have been two movies. A part one and a part two. And it should have ended about 15 minutes earlier, and then part two should have taken over from there. If you were going to go that far in the storyline. Um because it, it just was like they breezed over so many things. And it, I, I love the way that they presented some of the ideas and concepts as, as far as, oh, he got hit in the head with a rock. Is he just nuts or is he actually talking to God? Um, I thought that was a very interesting take. Uh, the, uh, as, as well as the, uh, the uh, what do you call them, miracles or terrors. Uh, yeah. The frogs leading to flies, leading to, you know, locusts, leading to the, the next four. Yeah, the plagues. Thank you. Um, I, that was very... Interesting. I, I that was a scientific type take on the plagues that I had never considered before. I just never put that amount of effort into thinking about it, but that was pretty interesting. Um, so, I, being the Ridley Scott whore that I am, I got to give it a passing thumbs up. But I, being perfectly honest, it isn't getting a high score. Uh, but even still, that guy could just he could shoot paint drying and it still looks pretty appealing yeah. <laughs> yeah that's Ridley Scott Jess have you seen this movie I have not seen that one Okay, I'll tell you this Eugene you, you like the Robin Hood one I, I do yes I enjoyed this one more than that one did you really yeah wow. I wasn't a big fan of that one I, I thought that was so forgettable I could tell you nothing that happened in that Robin Hood movie yeah I'm gonna have to agree with you there I don't really <laughs> I saw it at the theater and I don't remember most or any of it. <laughs> I really, I don't remember anything about that movie. But then again, I freaking hate prequel origin. I hate that shit. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so it's yeah. it's a it's a disappointment. But I would love to one day get a 
they would pop up and say, oh, Ridley Scott, director's cut Exodus, and it's four hours. I'd be like, all right. <laughs> yeah. Well, even Sigourney, you could tell Sigourney Weaver was in it, and she's a big actress, and she was in it a couple minutes. I mean, she like, oh, there she is. Again, there, there was a whole section there in the beginning with uh, family drama between them and where uh, the Pharaoh is asking this person, I don't know who this person is, is he... A Jew or what, whatever, and I'm like, who who is that person? I don't even know who that person is. It yeah. felt like it was, I was missing these huge character arcs and beats that just weren't there. Uh, but because of past history with Ridley Scott, I'm not willing to necessarily throw him under the bus right away until I see if oh they cut half of his movie away. Uh, right, that's happened before. Kingdom of Heaven, damn it, that movie still pisses me off. Yeah, because the have you watched that, Jess? I don't know. I I think I I don't think I saw the right one. <laughs> oh yeah, the theatrical version is. It's. I not... think I saw the theatrical version when it came out, but I don't really remember much of it. Oh, the theatrical version was pretty forgettable. It was That's, just kind of well, a throwaway, not gladiator. And yeah, then the director's <laughs> which cut, I like. Yeah, right. Me too. But then the the director's cut fleshed out so much Everything. character stuff. It was. I'm gonna I, have to go back and watch that it again. was a completely different movie yeah that that honestly that is one of if not the number one movie that was completely transformed by a director's cut like i didn't much care for the theatrical version and i love the director's cut of kingdom of heaven it's a it's a vastly different movie it took me some work to get you to rewatch that one <laughs> it did but yeah it Unders- did understandably so it, because oh. the first one was the theatrical was long and it was Oh, it just didn't work. But then that director's work. cut was so, oh, it was so much better. I, I loved yeah. it. Well, I will have to add that to my Netflix queue, DVD queue. There you go. I have it on Blu-ray, so. Me too. And you can, oh, there we go. you can get it super cheap because nobody liked that movie. <laughs> uh, nobody knows the secret that they're missing. That's right. <laughs> yes. That's right. They're like, why would I want a longer, ver- a 45 minute longer version of this? It is a commitment. It's a long movie. <laughs> It's like three and a half hours or something. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah, but it's damn good. Okay, uh, sorry. Uh, Jess, back to you. Yeah, so um, I watched, uh, speaking of my Netflix DVD queue, because I still do get those in the mail, um, I got uh, The German Doctor we watched, um, which is about a, uh, it just came out last year, I believe. Um, it's about an Argentine family that welcomes this uh, guy, this doctor, into their house, and it turns out that he is Joseph Mengele, oh, and that he is interested in this, yes, he's interested in this family because um, he's fascinated by their daughter, who he thinks is perfect in any way, every way, except for the fact that she is short, and her growth is stunted, it, is stunted, and um, so basically it's like you you're going through this story with this family about this guy who's living in their house and kind of like telling them, oh, I can make your daughter grow. I can make her normal height. Let me do all these experiments on her. And it's just, it's, it's unsettling to watch, but it's also very pretty to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, just the, just the uh, location that they use and everything is beautiful to look at. And the cinematography, I just overall is really good. But I really the I I don't know exactly where they were. I think I'm pretty sure they were in Argentina, um, on filming location. And it's just it's gorgeous to watch. Uh, so mm. when you're saying it's gorgeous to watch, was it because of the scenery, or uh, you're talking strictly cinematography, framing shots, 
Uh, both. both. I mean, okay. to be quite honest, it's it's just that the cinematography very accurately uh, just captured every just the scenery in in general. So mm-hmm. it's kind of it's a go hand in hand thing. But it's the story itself is unsettling because it's it's something that you you know could have very well happened, and the ending isn't exactly something that you know is necessarily a resolve or anything. But um, I would highly recommend checking it out. Um, it's not on streaming as far as I know, at least nothing that I have streaming. Um, but I got it on DVD. Does this, would this fall under a horror or a thriller or what level of... I would say uh, it's probably more of like, it's, it's more of a drama thriller, probably. It's not very, it's not really like action-packed, like pulse racing thriller. Yeah. It's more of kind of like a like a kind of a slow and con just like a constant unnerving okay feeling throughout the entire thing because I'm I'm just thinking about this plot and bringing Mengele into it and a short person it's you could go pretty <laughs> oh, gore, yeah, this... gory horror pretty quick yeah. I didn't know no there's only yeah. fast. Yeah. <laughs> there's no blood as far as I remember nothing like that there's like just like it, I'm not a big needle fan so there's some there's some like needles going in shins and stuff that I was not yeah. about, that kind of ooh, exactly but no blood and gore no no blatant like chopping off of limbs or anything like that so huge thumbs down on the German doctor from Jess okay <laughs> <laughs> I'm just no 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 actually I liked it very much <laughs> I'm just kidding um, was this a uh, German film Argentine film American was this I, a reader film it was <laughs> a reader film? <laughs> Sometimes. Was, yes, it's it's a reader film. Okay. That's fine. Um, I'm not I, I, that's not a negative. I just They speak both German and um Argentinian. Mm. Argentine, I'm not entirely sure. Um but yes, it's all it's all subtitled. Okay. Um, so you have you have to read a little bit, but it's worth it. I enjoyed it. No, that's fine. I just uh like to know what I'm getting into. <laughs> no, I totally nice. understand. You have to be in a certain mood to watch a subtitle. Absolutely. Okay. That's true. Uh, Eugene. Okay, next up for me. Uh, well, okay, let me get that uh, Five Element Ninjas, uh, or <laughs> Masters Ninjas, whatever, out of the way. Uh, yeah, of course I liked it. Uh, Shaw Brothers, and it was campy, and it was like, it was early, like earlier Shaw Brothers, but more fantasy-ish and even more bizarro. Does that make sense? Oh, yes, I've watched the movie. <laughs> I also struggled to classify it when I was explaining yeah, it Yeah, I'm like, it's okay, people dressed in gold with umbrellas that are shooting daggers and balls being ripped off, kind of. And, I think I've uh, actually seen this one. Oh, and all the, the strange... Oh, seri- oh, oh. I'm the last person on Earth who had... The Kung Fu dork hasn't seen it, but everybody else has. Um, but all of the strange weaponry that they had. They had these one oh. sword weapons that uh, dismantled into uh, 57 other weapons. Uh, they just kept <laughs> leaving them at every place. They, oh, we'll just and take the, a chunk off and go with, with the rest of it. The, the ninjas dressed up as trees or... Ugh... <laughs> But yeah, it's I mean it's your standard issue. The storyline is standard issue, but the the way that it is the way that it is presented is is very unique. And um, if you're a fan of kung fu, it's it's a fun time. I mean, it's just weird. Did, did you? <laughs> I, I kept telling you that I thought it was kind of it was fairly gory. Did you feel it was fairly gory, or was it I was just... especially you no know, for a Shaw Brothers movie? I'm, yeah, it was. I mean, Shaw Brothers aren't known for you know being just you know blood and guts and gore or anything like that 
But for a Shaw Brothers kung fu movie, yeah, it was. I mean, there was a lot of red paint. It was fake, obviously, but yeah. it was very, you know, very red painty. Not quite to the level of like uh, Lone Wolf and Cub or something like that, but it's still. Got the job done. Uh, I will never forget that guy stepping on his own balls slash intestines. That that was yes. the most horrifying thing I've ever seen. <laughs> like, in a what? Movie. Like, oh, this is okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, the, getting that out of the way, I wanted to also touch on um, uh, another one that I watched, and that would be Strip Nude for Your Killer. <laughs> yes. Criterion. I have that on Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> I have that on Blu-ray. Yeah, cri- Criterion or, or not. Um <laughs> No, this oh, is from, man, uh, I wish. Yeah, that no would kidding. be great. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is uh, from, I believe that Blue Underground released it. Um, yeah, I think but so. This is, uh, this is an Italian giallo uh, directed by Andre Bianchi. Bianchi, I think, is how you pronounce his name. He also did I think one it's of my Bianchi. Favorite... Bianchi. He also did uh, Burial Ground, Knights of Terror, which is one of mm-hmm. my favorite zombie movies. I love that thing. And Eric, you've seen that too. I watched that movie. Yes, that was yes. Uh, Roulette. Blu-ray or Roulette? Yes, that's uh, with Peter Bark in it, the, the midget. Has he ever the, been in anything else? No, he is such a, oh, that's so weird, that whole, <laughs> he's a boy, but he's a middle-aged man biting his mom's boob yeah. off. And... Yep. <laughs> I love it. I love Burial Ground. I, do, uh, I anyway. never tire of Peter Bark memes. They're the, yeah. they're... Oh, I know, they're great. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, and then also this director, um, he also did. I'm not sure, Jess, if you've seen any of his other stuff, but I believe he also, so. Okay, he also did a, a movie that I really liked called uh, Malabimba, and it's kind of a nunsploitation type movie. And kind so if you, because yeah. that's such a, a wide genre. To throw. Yes, <laughs> done, it's, I, <laughs> I actually haven't seen that one. Oh, it's it's good. I it's it's, it's a movie. Anyway, well, what year was Strip would... Nude for Your Killer? Seventy five. Was that yeah. before or after uh, Peter Bark? Peter Bark came uh, later on. It's uh, we're not even calling it Burial Ground. It's no. officially Peter Bark. Uh, there's too many words in the title <laughs> for that Bark. movie. It's Peter Bark movie. Uh, no, Burial Ground was in eighty one. That okay. was like right around. So this uh, was earlier. Uh, yes. Where this is back in the Jalo uh, craze, back in the like mid to early seventies. Mm-hmm. And um, the killer wears a sweet uh, motorcycle riding outfit. Like best, <laughs> yeah, that's like the best part of the movie is that, that the awesome outfit that the killer has. Like it's a, it's a motorcycle outfit and the standard issue black gloves and the black motorcycle helmet. Yep. And, you know, it's actually surprisingly uh, – it's fake looking, but it's gory too. I mean it's, this is more of a soft core yeah, movie than a slasher movie, but it's still like the kills are pretty gory, and I actually kind of liked the when you find out the whole premise of why the killer is doing what they're doing. It's like oh, mm-hmm. that's kind of cool, okay, because it it begins very strangely with a with a hospital scene. Yeah, but yes, I don't want to give too much away. I really, li- I really like this one. It's I have a lot of fun with this one, and it's just especially that when, like you said, like when you find out why they're doing what they're doing, yeah. it's and like, it's oh. just, it's just, it's weird. It- <laughs> yes. Oh, it is, it is. I mean, this is definitely no Dario Argento movie. Uh, it's, it's it, watching several of his. It sounds like a prequel to Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. No, no, this is better than math. Oof. <laughs> I wouldn't say to that caliber. This is your standard Edwige Fennec giallo movie. Yes. Where 
there's just kind of a, a straight razor wielding black gloved killer and she's a photographer or a model or somebody's wife and she's being attacked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's I I've, I love these movies. Yeah. These movies are uh honestly after watching Your Vice's Locked Door, uh that is that has shot up the list of my favorite Jalos. That that's probably in my mm-hmm. top 3. Uh, and I've only seen it one time, but I liked it that much. I mean, that is such a great movie. This would be the soft underbelly of the Jalo, in my opinion. This is shameless. Yeah, I'm a, right I'm a big. I mean, I really like the case of the Bloody Iris too. Um, mm-hmm. But my favorite would probably be Strange Vice of Mrs. Ward. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. I find I, I find that that one's very much more, I guess, of the intrigue, but it's also very very. Strange. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jess, have you, with yeah, with Jess, Ivan Rasimov. Have you watched um, House uh, with Laughing Windows? House of Laughing no, Windows? No, I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah. I've been dying to see that one. That one, honestly, that is one of the first Jalos that I have ever seen. And it was really, I still remember it. It was really, really good. See, um, I and it's been it's sitting, like, I think it's been on short wait for years on Netflix. And I just, mm. I haven't given up on it yet. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's weird. I watched that before I watched uh, Deep Red and and all, like all of our Argento's classics and the you know the Animals trilogy and all those. Right. Um, so that one, yeah, maybe it's just because that was the first one I watched. But that's a really good one too. I could talk Jalos for like. <laughs> I, I love those. movies. We need to have a Giallo show. We should. Yeah, we really should. <laughs> I'm not saying a no. Giallo but... and Jello show. Yes, <laughs> and Jello. Just regular old Jello, green, red shots, vodka. That's what I'm talking. Um, uh, Eugene, I've never heard you talk about that one. That, I mean, that's interesting. I usually, sure. oh, um, I, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I mean, this, I mean, this is true, like soft core, smutty. Not, not. Just, I'm, I'm talking about. It really, really is. for your killer. I'm talking about oh. the, the one you said you saw before Deep Red. No, House with Laughing Windows. Yeah, or House that, of Laughing. Yeah, oh. that's a new title to me. Yeah, that was I, I, seriously. I, that could have been the first uh, first one of those that I've ever seen, hmm. and it was really, really good. Uh, big thumbs up. I mean, now I, I don't. I think the Deep Red and uh, Tenebrae are my. Those are oh, like, Deep Red is so good. That movie. It's, that movie rocks. Yeah, I, I actually I still think that uh, Tenebrae is probably uh, better than that. Uh, I love Tenebrae. Oh, I love that movie. Oh, it's okay so... to be wrong. That movie is terrible. <laughs> you need to rewatch that. We know that. Eric. Uh, that's why. <laughs> I mystery science theatered the shit out of that movie. <laughs> wow. Uh, oh, the random dog attack and the ending. The ending of that movie, I love. I just the biggest shit eating grin every time I watch that movie. The ending of it, I'm like, oh, this happens, and now you've been watching Dario Argento's Tenebrae. I'm like, yes, that kicked yep. ass. Yeah, you say random, I say nonsensical, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we do agree on the heavy hitters, and that's all that matters. Yeah, so. there you go. Okay. What anyway. do you feel about Inferno and the scene where you can totally see some guy's arm throwing a cat? <laughs> so uh, I like Inferno, too. I think Inferno's no, good Inferno's movie. okay, but it it, it, it just... It was sort of like on Suspiria, they got together and magic happened. And then the next right. time they're like, yeah, we're going to get together and it's going to be weird and magic's going to happen. And they got a little too drunk and <laughs> shit. No, I prefer Suspiria. Yeah. yeah. It's, it is my, that was my first um, Giallo. Well, it's not, I don't, 
I can't entirely classify that as a giallo. I guess. Yeah, it's got that more supernatural. It's more has a more supernatural element to it. But that was my first like Italian horror movie. I guess I should say that might have been mine too. And yeah. that was it. Then I needed to see more. I like I love Deep Red. I love Tenebrae. I love uh, Inferno. I love Phenomena. I think that one's Dude, really that, really that, underrated. That, that yes. movie kicks ass. I, that score mm-hmm. is so good, and I've seen it. I exactly know. One time. Uh, it's a great movie. You know, now that I think about it, I am wrong. Um, my first uh, Giallo movie that I've ever seen was was Dario Argento, but it was uh, Trauma. Uh, back when I worked at the video store, back when I was eighteen years old, uh, we got that in on VHS and that was the first I know that was the first of that type of movie that I've ever seen and that was when his popularity was starting to wane a little bit Uh, but I still liked it Tom Savini's special effects and Jess have you seen I I haven't seen that one no actually I have not seen that one that one is that one of his later ones yes that was uh, yeah that was later it's still good but it's it, it already now that I've seen almost all of Dario Argento's movies uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like a Dario Argento movie. It feels like he's trying to make an American movie, desperately trying to make an American movie. And I'm like, don't do that. Try to make your <laughs> right. own Just thing. Just do what you right. Yeah, do what you do good. Yeah, but but if he but if he does that, is that did is does that mean Dracula 3D is what we get? <laughs> I, yeah, I've never seen that. That's Eric. Right there. <laughs> yeah. never the seen problem that is one. that he started getting getting money based on his name. It, it, he needs to have the extremely limited exactly. budget that he had before, and then he was forced into his own art, as it would be. It's where you have to be creative and do yeah. different things. Yeah, exactly. And do different weird things with lighting to make something look sinister, because you can't just buy flood Did lighting. Did you watch that, Dracula? Because I watched, yes. like, 30 minutes of it. And <laughs> I, I went to the... It. Wait... Wait, I went to the movie theater. <laughs> Did you really? Oh God, yes. That played in a theater? Wow. <laughs> we went to the Cedar Lee... Or the oh, Capitol. Yeah. I can't remember. One of those. Um, Jason and I and our friend Adam did. And we went to see Dracula 3D. And we sat through the whole thing. Ugh. It was like us and like two other people. And it was painful. I also <laughs> saw Human Centipede 2 in the same theater. Mm, nice. That was painful for a different reason. <laughs> yes. Yeah. At least Human Centipede 2. Uh, I, I personally enjoyed Centipede I 2. did too. Uh, it, that was hardcore and nasty. And then three it was. sucked. Three is just terrible. I don't I even want to think, I'm think so about it. I'm so glad that I don't have to watch part three because two is hard oh. enough to get through. I mean, it's a good yeah. movie, but it, holy crap, is it hardcore. Yeah, that's hardcore. Three, three is, is nowhere bad. near that Yeah, It's, it, it's, more it's just obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And, and he screams. Did you notice just he screams through the yes. entire movie. I'm like, will you shut the hell up, please? Every single word out of his mouth is at screaming at the top of his lungs in that awful, yeah. awful accent. And yeah. just <laughs> he's trying to like do like a southern weird German. like <sighs> It's like a weird southern twang to his German accent. And it's yeah. awful. You know, we talked about the black and white thing last episode. And Human Centipede 2 actually falls into the... It works better because it's in black and white. I really thought that Human Centipede 2 was a really gruesome, mean-spirited, fairly well-made movie. Yeah. Uh, and the black and white helped with that movie. And I can't believe that we've, we're have we now on to Human Centipede 2 that began with Strip Nude for Your Cut. Yeah, yeah, so. that's where we're at. <laughs> so it seems logical. And next yeah. Is... <sighs> that's all right. Uh, anyway. Any... Moving on, because i got a couple of movies I'd like to talk about. If we... <laughs> um, Does it have anything to do with stripping nude and yes, uh, yes, actually. centipedes? And, uh, uh, William yeah. Shatner's Chaos oh. on the Bridge, a documentary <laughs> about Star Trek and Gene Roddenberry. And... 
Uh, I was actually going to put that on the roulette because I was wondering about that. I dived all over it, so it's it's if you're into any of them Star Trek docs, uh, definitely check it out. Uh, it gets a little more aggressive than most of them. Most of those are uh, pretty candy coated, and this one was not like Gene Roddenberry, greatest thing ever. I love him to death. It it sort of painted the guy in a more real light than I've ever seen him painted before. So I wow. definitely recommend giving that one a watch. Um, because there, unfortunately there's like 10 Star Trek documentaries out there that are I know. so paint by numbers and everybody's great and loved everybody and working with everybody. This one was so much fun yeah, all the time. Yeah, exactly. yeah. This one, not so much, but it's uh, part of that is because it's Shatner investigating how next generation came to be. Um, and, okay. and what Roddenberry's real process was there. Uh, and that was pretty fascinating because 50% of the people are like, he is a asshole. And the other half of the people <laughs> are like, no, he's amazing. And he just kind of had to be an asshole to get what he wanted done. Um, but it was very insightful. I definitely recommend this one of, of all of the crappy Star Trek docs. I would say this one is, uh, ahead above. Hmm. Yeah, I think the most recent one I've watched was the, like, one about the conventions that was just on there, like, oh, Trek There are so many that I are just remember. mailed in, and... Yeah, uh, I agree. They're, I mean, they can be sort of entertaining, but it's like, eh, you're not giving me any yeah. new information, everybody is awesome. Yeah, Star snore. Trek fans are the best in the world! Snore, snore, yeah, snore. I agree. Anyway, I... I <laughs> I I didn't mean to derail from the horror conversation. That was that. It was a good. That was a great conversation. I'm sorry. I was, I was <laughs> oh, trying. To, oh, trust I was me. making we're a joke. And, that yet. I was making a joke, <laughs> and you guys were like, "Yeah." So he's on. <laughs> no, I was just joking. It was a good one. Uh, that was a that was a great conversation about Argento. I I very much enjoyed that. I was. Uh, anyway, yeah. uh, roundtable back to Jess. Yeah. Okay. So this is the final this thing. Is the I final have on my list. Final round. So, so get it out. Whatever um, you got. I started, I'm about six episodes into Jessica Jones um, on uh, Netflix because um, I, I will say that I, I, while I am not like, uh, I'm not against superhero movies and television shows or anything like that, I will say that I have become oversaturated. Mm-hmm. So for the Netflix original series, I just haven't really like latched on to any of those yet, but everything was blowing up about Jessica Jones um, this past weekend. And I was like, okay, it has David Tennant in it. I'm a big Doctor Who fan. I'm a big David Tennant fan. So, yeah, I want to see him as a villain. I want to see him as this awful, horrible, mind-controlling person. And I'm, I gotta say, I'm really interested in it. It's, um, it kind of fits into the whole, like, noir Ember thing, because it is very neo-noir-y. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I like, uh, what's-her-name, who plays Jessica Jones? I can't remember uh, what her Kristen Ritter? Yes, she's kind of like the new Eliza Dushku. Like that's a kind mm. of all I see her as kind of is like a as a face from the Buffy kind of. I I and rehab, she, I, retread. I loved her in uh, Breaking Bad. I think she's adorable. Yeah. just absolutely but adorable. In this one, she's kind of trying to be that whole like more like badass. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I'm a girl. I have a, I have a motorcycle. I do all these badass things. <laughs> Because, you know, she, I, I don't know, like I said, I can't pretend that I'm a big superhero fan, so I don't read the comics or anything, so I don't actually know anything about her. 
So me watching this show is just me learning about her for the first time, pretty much. So I don't know exactly how faithful it is to its original source, but from what I've gathered, it is. As the resident uh, comic book fan on this show yes. who reads comic books and buys issues every single month, I'm here to yes. tell you I know me. absolutely nothing about Jessica Jones whatsoever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, even on comics I don't buy, I have kind of an outside... Uh, understanding of who they are and what their character is and blah, 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 blah. I know nothing mm -hmm. about Jessica Jones, so... It... <laughs> well, all right. Then they just plucked some really minor... Well, Marvel has to take whatever they still have character? the rights for. That's true. But yeah, I would give it a chance. It's really good, and it's much more adult than, I guess, most of their the superhero stuff. Uh, I haven't yet, okay. but now I might. Since I'm enjoying this one so much, I might give that one a try. It's, it's it was just like, I got show. so, I was so, like, disenfranchised after Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I know evidently got better, but the first, like, half of the first season, I just couldn't get through, and I never went back. And then after that, I was just kind of like, I don't want to watch any more of this stuff. I'm tired of it for a while. But I like, I'm glad I started this one, and maybe, maybe I'll enjoy some other stuff that I've been missing out on. Hey, that's totally understandable, and it's completely pandering to the, to its core audience, and that's me. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, right. um, I see, I've watched one episode of Agents of the Shield, just haven't had time to get back to it. I haven't watched any Jessica Jones yet, because I'm waiting, because we started Gotham, and I'm, I have watched, actually, that's one that I binge-watched recently, the first season of that, that I stayed away from because everyone's like, it's boring, it's, kind of, it's not that interesting. But I binge-watched it, and I don't know if that was a benefit or not, um, but I was enthralled the whole time. I think it's great, and I haven't started the second season yet, but I like the villain-centric theme, so I'm looking forward to that. We're through about episode 14, and, that, and we watch about one a night. I would mm -hmm. recommend that one to Eugene. It's... Got, yeah. Gotham's pretty I would. damn good. I mean, the first couple episodes are kind of corny, but then you're into it after that. And I, I will say the least interesting thing about Gotham is actually Bruce Wayne. Yes, yes, he <laughs> is. That's, that's the worst part about it. Because <laughs> this is such, like, a prequel, yeah. and he's still a kid. And it's funny to see, like, the plants of future villains who are still yeah. children at this point. We just finished like up the, Poison uh, Ivy the Scarecrow and episode tonight. Yeah. It was like, my God, that is so weird and bizarre it's and cool. awesome. Yeah, it's cool to see, like, the plants. Would you say that it's uh, right there with Daredevil? Because I think Daredevil was fantastic. Yeah, is it, uh, is it... yes, Daredevil is amazing. It, and it, it was, is, and it was, really it was way more adult than anybody was expecting. Uh, okay, For cool. all of the candy-coated Marvel stuff, they went hardcore see, adult yeah. with that. With, with... And that's what they're doing with Jessica yeah. Jones, because it's very, like, it's not for, your, your kids shouldn't be no. watching it. <laughs> that's a, and that's the thing, like, I've let uh, Addie watch, uh, we watch Arrow. I'm, I mean, we're fine right. with her watching that. We kind of talk her through a few parts of it with the sexuality stuff, but right. we, we're, I told her, we're going to watch Daredevil first and see, and I watched a few episodes and was like, nope, nope, <clears> nope, <throat> that's, that's, that's R-rated material. Then I'll have to be checking that one out, too. Yeah. What, cool, what, more things for me to binge watch. <laughs> well, uh, well, Arrow's... no, I was talking about Daredevil. Okay, but... <laughs> yeah, Daredevil, definitely. Arrow is very good, but it's a little more candy-coated. I... I it's such a great time yeah, to be a comic know. book fan and, and have Netflix anyway. Yeah. I, uh, I, I added the Flash to my list, too, because I wasn't sure about that one. Dude, I, I heard somebody started. on a podcast break down the entire first season of that thing with spoilers, and it almost made me cry just listening to them talk about it. I can't wait to watch <laughs> that show. 
but, is that on Netflix? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Flash nice. is on there okay. too. I can't wait to watch it. But you know, one at a time, and <laughs> that's the, that's what sucks. Exactly. Because it's a, it's a this is family material, so I have to one at a time it, and that's uh, I. Yeah, you have to wait for everybody yeah, to sit down. The nerd in me is like, I would just watch seven episodes a night. <laughs> is is uh, the Flash? That's DC, right? Uh, as is Arrow. Okay. Yep. I thought so. Uh, the only dark stuff that Marvel has is on Netflix. That's Daredevil and Jessica Jones. And that Jessica Jones shit gets real dark from what I've heard. Yep. And I nice. can't wait to watch it, but I gotta wait. So at the time being, we're going through Gotham, and I, again, I'm surprised how much I'm enjoying it. That's what happened to me. Yeah. I would definitely say, Eugene, you should watch it. I will, definitely. Uh, cool. Eugene, last round for you. Okay, oh boy, I've been going back and forth, uh, trying to decide, do I want to review... Um, do I want to review the Hobbit Battle of the Five Armies extended version or SS Experiment Camp? <laughs> you know what? I decisions, th- decisions, decisions. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked enough about Hobbit Five Armies. Yeah, I think you could do a breezy doubleheader here. Okay. Um, so we'll start with... Uh, um, Hobbit 3. Give us a real quick... Uh, okay, so okay, Battle of Five Armies. Uh, this is the weakest one in the Hobbit movies uh, tr- trilogy. Really? Uh, I will. It is. Yes. Um, I think so. It is just. It's an extended battle, and it's. It's. I guess enjoyable because I. I so love Middle Earth that I can forgive some of its shortcomings. Um, the extended version, of course, does remedy some of the things that I've uh, that I had issue with in the theater. Um, they do flesh out some things a little bit, but it's. It. It's still. I would definitely prefer the first two uh, over this one. But here's the real reason to, to own these extended version Blu-rays, and that's for the nine hours of appendices on them. The, the making of these things are so interesting to watch, and the camaraderie that goes on behind the scenes and watching how Peter Jackson works. And even, if, even if you don't like the Hobbit movies, it is really interesting watching... Uh, everything that goes into making them and uh, the detail that goes into them. And I think that these were, this series was overly CGI'd versus the original Lord of the Rings. I think that's why, that's why uh, the Lord of the Rings, I think are, are better is it feels Mm -hmm. more real. Like you're actually watching real people doing, doing real things. Whereas especially battle of the five armies, like, oh, I'm watching oceans of CGI going on, oceans of CGI orcs fighting oceans of CGI yeah. uh, elves and dwarves. It's still good, um, but it just, it, I, I am now firmly in the camp of it, they don't, they're not, they're not the Lord of the Rings. Um, so no that's doubt. my take on it. But they're, they're still good. They are good. And I and I think a lot of the goodwill from Lord of the Rings has carried over into The Hobbit for me. And that's why I'm just like, I still like these. They're still good. But um, especially with Battle of the Five Arms, it just felt like something was just kind of off to me. It's like this should have been sh- – they could have made two epic movies instead of drawing this out for three now that I've seen them all. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, anyway. <clears throat> Okay, so. your other one? Uh, the other one, ex- SS Experiments Camp. Um, oh, jeez. Um, uh, uh, Nazis experimenting on uh, Italian women, and the Nazis happen to be also Italian guys. 
and it's Italian-y, and <laughs> there's a ball transplant that the guy doesn't realize that has actually happened to him until he tries mm-hmm. to have sex. He's like, oh, wait a minute, I've been castrated. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so there's that, and this is actually one of the video nasties from back in the day uh, uh, in the UK. Six elements um, ninjas. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. so it's, um, it is exactly what the title says it is. It's yeah, Nazi men behind the moon from... kind of thing, or sun, men, men, behind... Men, men behind the sun. <laughs> men behind the sun. Oh, sorry, well, I got my exploitation horror of uh, World War Two. <laughs> that one's, I think, a little bit more serious. In yes, tone it is. Than yeah. This one here, it's this SS one here. Experiment. It it was filmed in like it felt like three or four different rooms in some yeah. garage. It was. I mean, it was like here's a room, here's a room, and here's a room. Okay, let's just get everybody naked, and we'll. <laughs> You're either going to be having sex or pretend that you're getting tortured. The the end. Roll credits. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So it was. Yeah, it was. You know, you know me. I yeah, I liked it. Was, was your autobiography? <laughs> <laughs> Almost spit my drink all over the computer. Oh, uh, I would call that a win. Uh, anything yes. else for SS experiment? Um, I'd tell you to watch it, but nah, I'm good. <laughs> Jess, did you like it? You, I know that you've seen it. I do. I own it. I like it. <laughs> I, I've seen. Have you seen uh, Gestapo's Last Orgy? I think I did. <laughs> I think. <laughs> yes, that's a legitimate question. <laughs> yes. Um, I think I did way back in the VHS days. Um. I that's have seen... probably one of the most disturbing ones that I've seen. That's like really kind of like gets under your skin. I think yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen. Maybe it was, or was it DV? I'm not sure. I yeah, I have seen. I, I did look. I have seen SS Camp Five Women's Hell. I have seen mm-hmm. that. <laughs> I I haven't watched that we one just yet. Do a but whole I episode of you guys reading titles of movies that you own because. <laughs> That would, I would just sit here and laugh for an hour and a half. I'm, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, I mean, yeah, I'm sure we could cover <laughs> oh, yeah. some we serious that, ground. If we yes. I don't mean to the, cut the, you guys the, off, but we're getting on in time and we yeah, need to wrap yeah, this yeah. up. And I've got a couple yeah. of I wanna, things I want to talk about. Now that don't worry. Uh, there'll, there'll be a Nazi exploitation yes, episode. That's fine. <laughs> I could totally do that. I would be down for that. Uh, now that you're done with all of your uh, Marvel comic book Jessica Jones nonsense and your Hobbit 3 nerdness, uh, now that we got all of your guys' nerdy out of the way, I can get down and talk about some horror movies. Uh, Creature, oh. William uh, Oh, yes, yes. Finally got oh, around great. to watching okay. this. Uh, because John bought me a box set of movies. Uh, he stopped by to drop off his Fantasy Movie League uh, entry fee, because mm-hmm. I won. And in the meantime nice. said uh oh uh, i need to give you a whole bunch of shitty movies so we bought, went to walmart and bought the cheapest box set of movies which was seven movies for three dollars and in it was creature which is just a terrible transfer of a movie to a dvd that's obviously a vhs rip of a full frame it's bad, blocky, horrible. Uh, with Silent Night, Bloody Night, we talked about how sometimes the transfer doesn't bother me because uh, if it's an old movie and it should look grainy, exploitation, um, mm-hmm. that plays into it, and I enjoy that. I could watch a movie on VHS and still kind of enjoy it if it falls into that category. Uh, that is not the case for Creature. 
uh, at least the transfer that I have. Mm-hmm. And so we're talking the 1985 creature, yes. correct? Yeah. William, okay. yeah. William Alone yeah, William. or something? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is my first With time Klaus watching Kinski. it. Eugene's championed this movie many a time. Oh, yeah. Um, but watching it through that lens and no, knowing that the transfer is bad, I kind of kept it in the background on purpose while I was uh, writing reviews on the computer and whatever. Um, I didn't enjoy the movie. Uh, I would. This is one of the cases where a good transfer would make it better. Um, mm-hmm. So I look forward to watching it in a better version. I, I definitely feel like I would enjoy it more that way. Uh, on the other end of the spectrum, uh, Piranha. No, the, not the Joe wait. Dante Piranha. That's Aww. good. This would be the 1972 Piranha, which ironically is an exploitation movie, or not not exploitation. Damn it. I kept telling myself all week, I'm not going to say this is an exploitation movie. Uh, not an exploitation movie. It is a grindhouse movie. Mm-hmm. That features almost zero piranha. Uh, (laughs) So these people go to this other country and we take half the movie to get there to figure out what's going on and blah, 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 blah. And then they get some local Indian uh, native type guide to help them find their way to this certain place. And then he turns out to be a bastard and his name is gibberish, which locally translated means piranha there you go i just saved you an hour and a half uh it's not about piranha (laughs) it's about this douchebag who is calls himself piranha i guess Ah. um Hmm. uh, but you know removing my disappointment at there not being more killer fish i have to say not bad for a grindhouse uh as far as you know the first 45 minutes are frickin a boring and then this guy gets all pissy and rapey and killy. Um, that seems about right. <laughs> yeah. This would be a case, too, where the DVD transfer ripped from a VHS, very grainy and ugly and hideous, but at least is bright enough that it plays into the film itself. And it works. I kind of enjoyed that. Are there are there any Nazis in it? No Nazis. <laughs> no oh. Nazis. But a couple good, couple good kills. He actually oh, okay. he throws one guy to some actual piranha fish. Yeah, there there are piranha fish in this movie for about ten seconds. Okay. Um, All right. But he is the piranha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not as cool yeah, see, as an Indian I zombie. Th- I see the director William Gibson has made one movie, and that would be called Piranha. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is a thing that exists, and that is all. And and we are probably the only podcast in the history of podcasts (laughs) that have that has talked about this movie. And all three people listening (laughs) appreciate it. But Uh, but honestly, yeah, we'd all sit down and watch that. (laughs) Honestly, if the three of us sat down and watched it, we would enjoy it. It it because the second half actually is very grindhousey. Like he's killing people, stabbing people, beating the shit out of people, and it, it gets. It's a grindhouse movie, you know? Um, if you've ever bought any of those box sets, you know what I'm talking about. You're going to have your hits oh, yeah. and your misses in there, but it mm-hmm. falls into that category of a grindhouse drive-in type movie from the 60s, 70s. May I ask what other movies are on that uh, that box set deal? Oh, whatever yeah, that... the, I believe, like I was excited about Creature and Piranha. And <laughs> pretty much everything else is, uh, shit, what do you call it? 
they don't have to worry about any rights issues. Oh. Public domain. The rest of them are pretty much public domain. The creature from 10,000 Leagues and uh, Journey to the Prehistoric Planet and all mystery science theater movies. Oh. So <laughs> I might uh, try and watch one or two more of them, but the bastard gave me a box set of freaking $3 movies and you know I'm going to watch them. Yeah. It's just what I have to do. Okay. Uh, yeah. Anything else that you guys would like to add for this episode? Um. Well, actually, I want to mention one thing. Go ahead. Um, just because I thought it was kind of cool. So, you know, every month Netflix loses and gains movies. Mm -hmm. Um, so three that I'm actually really looking forward to that I haven't seen yet, um, but that we actually, two of which we had at the Nightlight and one of which I really wish we could have got, um, Tangerine Mm. will be coming to Netflix streaming in December, which is a movie that was shot all on an iPhone 5S or something like that. Wow. Um, and it is about two trans uh, transsexual prostitutes that evidently go on a revenge kind of thing on Christmas Eve. So mm, nice. uh, it's apparently very very good. It's good, and I missed out on it, so I'm glad I get to see that. Another one I got I missed out on was Phoenix, which oh, is a World yeah. War II, which Eugene I really has seen. want to see that one. No, I have no, I haven't. Seen oh, that. you haven't seen it? No. Yeah, that one's coming, which it's um, basically this this woman, um, she's the wife of this guy. They tell her, tell him that she's dead, um, but she comes back to impersonate herself to try and get, like, some money from from whatever her death. But it's set in World War II, um, post-World War II time, and it looks really interesting. And the other one is called Queen of the Earth with Elizabeth Moss. Um, from Mad Men and um, Girl Interrupted. Um, and she's a journalist, I believe, that goes out to a cabin with her sister, and she just kind of starts to lose her mind slowly. And the trailer made it look... It's like a kind of a like a really dark comedy. Um, and I, I really wanted to see that because I really like Elizabeth Moss, so I'm looking forward to that. So I just wanted to say that those three things were coming to Netflix soon. Cool. Awesome. I also saw that uh, December list, and there were a few things on there that I was like, ooh, nice. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to that. But I don't want to say what they are, because they might be on the roulette. You uh... know, I thought that I saw an advertisement for the uh, Canon documentary. Yeah, th- but I saw that last month. That that was supposed to be hitting us in November, but I yeah. haven't seen it yet. So. That's that electric boogaloo. Yeah. I so want to see that. Me Ugh. too. Me too. Okay, if that's it. I think that's it. Eugene, anything? No? Nope, I'm good. Okay. As always, you can get a hold of us on the Freaks Pod at yahoo.com. Please visit our friends Cinema Sidekicks and Cinema Soft Underbelly, both on iTunes. And remember, Happy Thanksgiving. If Indian zombies come for you, you probably deserved it. Uh, (laughs) I'm Eric Warner. I'm Eugene Weaver. I'm Jess Hicks. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening.